Hi, we're back with another episode of 321Go Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another week of the show. Uh, This week, Clay and I interview C.J. Martin of Invictus, and we talk a lot about how C.J. first started Invictus, some of the planning that he went through, some of the changes that his affiliate went through, and he also talks a lot about how he has developed and retained his staff. So one thing that we hear a lot from affiliate owners is that there's a lot of fear of staff uh, getting up and leaving your affiliate, uh, starting their own, and and certainly this is some, this is cause for concern when this happens. Well, uh, CJ addresses this head-on with us, which is an interesting point in today's interview. Uh, if you want to see a video Q&A with CJ, you can access that if you are a member of our hub, 321goproject.com slash hub, if you're interested in getting involved with that. Your first month is only $10. So if you want to go in there, watch the video Q&A with CJ, uh, you can do that. There are also, not only are there these uh, video interviews, uh, Q&A, there are also very practical courses. So if you're actually ready to begin executing on changing certain aspects of your business. If that's you right now, if you're ready to start working on that business, uh, go in there and check out some of the courses that are there. It is everything from getting found online, search engine optimization, uh, running effective Facebook and Instagram ads, all the way to uh, how to be an effective leader, how to communicate. Uh, so we've got courses for all this stuff. Uh, also, if you don't have time to sit down and take a course, there's a template for everything. Uh, we know that we need to create some standard operating procedures in our business. You know that you need staff handbooks. You know that you need opening and closing procedures. You know that you need to have staff development and evaluation. Uh, but sometimes when you're sitting there on your on your laptop and you're looking at a blank screen, uh, it can be difficult to just pull that stuff out of thin air. So not only do we have all of these courses, we have video interviews, we have video Q&A with uh, some of the, the top minds in our industry. We also have a ton of templates that you guys can access. So this is business plan templates. This is financial forecasting templates, uh, templates for standard operating procedures and staff development. It is all in there, and it's only $10 for your first month. So if you want to head in there, uh, pay $10 for that first month, download everything, uh, by all means, go ahead and do that. It's uh, 321goproject.com slash hub. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. I'd like to give a big shout out to our partner for today's show, InBody USA. InBody is a bioelectrical impedance body composition scanner. Essentially, this thing will replace your gym scale and provide some really good measurements for your clients and your athletes. Uh, It is a high-tech, high-grade piece of equipment. It is not a magic bullet. This will not be the thing that absolutely changes your business, uh, revolutionizes the way that you uh, market, but it is an amazing way to launch nutrition programs. It's a great value add to your personal training services. Uh, It's a great first onboarding step for your new members. Uh, It's just a data point. It's it's a piece of technology that provides a meaningful data point that uh, we all know that the scale cannot provide. So uh, all this month, InBody is offering a promo for our listeners. And that is a, if you 
qualify for a 24-month zero-interest payment plan. Embody will pay that first month's payment. They will give you a second year of warranty on your machine absolutely free. So email John Ross uh, over at InBody and see if he can get you hooked up. I'll put his email address in the show notes. Also, if you have any additional questions, absolutely email me. I'd be happy to point you in the right direction. Uh, several of the gym owners on our team have gotten the InBody and have great things to say about it. Also, want to let you know, those of you that are members of the Hub, we have a gathering coming up. Uh, November 17th through the 19th in Charleston, South Carolina. Our focus for this entire thing is going to be creating a uh, marketing plan, uh, creating a staff development plan, and creating a plan for systems going into the new year. So it's tough. I get it. It's right around the holidays, but uh, this is when we need to be planning our new year. If you do not capitalize on the membership opportunities come January 1st, you'll be playing catch-up through the remainder of the year. So make sure that you're ready for the new year. Join us out in Charleston. Uh, I promise you, you will have more than enough tools and tactics to come back to your gym and at the beginning of the year, execute and take advantage of all of the renewed interest in fitness that comes along at the beginning of the year. So, November 17th through the 19th, Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, it'll be a sacrifice, but do it. I promise you, you're going to walk away with a plan. You're going to walk away with a marketing campaign. You're going to walk away with so many tools that will allow you to actually turn around and execute on something. And that really is our goal for this gathering. There are so many educational opportunities. Um, honestly, there's there's more seminars and get-togethers and gatherings than anybody would ever know what to do with. And we don't want to just be another educational get-together where you sit there and listen to somebody talk about finances or whatever the case may be. Really, the idea is actually to see a return on investment for going to these things. And that is our goal, is for you to turn around with a plan and the tools you need to execute. Uh, and education is great. All of you that are in the hub, you guys have more. You have a lifetime worth of education accessible to you in hub. But our goal here is a plan and execution. So join us in November in Charleston, South Carolina, where we're going to put together a plan for your new year, plan out this entire year for you to execute on some marketing strategies, uh, really professionalizing your business, and thinking about getting your systems and your staff in order. So again, November 17th through the 19th in Charleston. I will throw a link into the show notes. Uh, this is only available to members of the hub. Uh, we've only got 65 spots available for this. So if you're interested, I would sign up today. So on to today's show with CJ Martin. Really excited. CJ is an awesome dude. Uh, super humble and super, I don't know, just he learns from his mistakes. I think that's the one thing that I really like about CJ is that he admits that he's made mistakes and he's learned from them and he's adapted accordingly. And that's, I just really am drawn to people and personalities 
that just dive in, take action, aren't afraid to fail, aren't afraid to make mistakes, and they learn from them. And that is absolutely CJ. So I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. Uh, if you haven't yet, guys, uh, tab over to ratings and reviews on this show. Uh, please leave us a, a five-star review. This is really how people come to find the show, and this is really how we get guests like CJ to uh, come on to the show is people know that you're listening. People know that you appreciate it. People know that you dig the content. It's easier to bring people like CJ on on the show and and talk about the things you guys want to hear about. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, But just start us off, CJ, let us know what is, what is the latest with Invictus right now? Oh man, it's been a crazy uh, 18 months or so. We uh, we expanded our footprint from, we had our original flagship gym was 5,000 square feet in downtown San Diego. Um, and then we built in 2013, we built a 4,500 square foot facility in Point Loma. Um, long story, but um, we had to get out of our flagship location because they were turning it into uh, high rise condos. And the end result was that we ended up with now uh, about 30,000 square feet of gym. So we expanded into a new 12,000 square foot facility in downtown and a new 12,000 square foot facility um, in Sereno Valley, which is about 10 miles north of downtown. Um, And we still have our Point Loma location. So um, it's been a, it's been a lot a lot going on in the last eighteen months, but um, we're super excited, and both facilities are are beautiful and allow us to do a ton of stuff that we didn't have the space to do previously. That's great, man. And I hear that San Diego is like lousy with cheap real estate, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, real estate prices are uh, a, a little elevated here in San Diego. <laughs> uh, well, cool. CJ, I, I want to start off like this. I think you, you had mentioned that a lot of people get into this because they want either they really enjoy exercise and helping other people work out, but maybe got into it not really knowing what they didn't know as it relates to business. So let's start the discussion out like this. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of gym owners watching you right now, and they sort of see where they are, and then they see Invictus, right? And they, all they sort of see is this gap. And they feel that that gap is such a wide chasm that they don't even know that first step to make. So I'd like to sort of rewind a little bit and go back to the early days of Invictus and kind of hear what things looked like for you then. Yeah, man. Um, It's always fun to go back because those, those, you know, as, as you grow, and I'm not trying to say that growth isn't great and we've had a great time and I still love what I do, but, you know, those early days are really precious because you're on the floor 12 hours a day and you're meeting every new member that walks in and you're shaking hands and you're creating relationships and I know for me I just I adore that part of it I love meeting people and seeing real change in their life Um, and of course as you grow uh, you you get away from that a little bit by by virtue of the hours in the day but um, yeah when we opened up man we were we were simple it was um, the goals were maybe a little different than some CrossFits. We opened, we were opening in late 2008. And at that point, you know, CrossFit was still pretty alternative. It was kind of counterculture. And um, I came from being a lawyer and wanting to share this incredible, you know, fitness with 
my colleagues and uh, man, they wouldn't step foot where I trained, you know, the roof was falling in, they didn't have bathrooms, you know, the mats were moldy. It wasn't, it wasn't a real pretty situation. And so um, I liked it. I liked the grittiness of it, but I also wanted something different. I wanted to bring this into the mainstream a little. So when we opened up, we tried to do it, um, you know, we, we built showers in our location and we built a uh, built-in cost for towel service so that we always had towels ready for our members. Now, you know, it meant that we were taking them home at the end of the night. My parents were, you know, running loads of laundry for me and bringing them down to the gym. Um, but we wanted to, we wanted to make it accessible to everybody. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what we did. We wanted to also create an environment where coaches could be professionals. I, like I said, I came from being a lawyer and I had paid time off and I had um, you know, health benefits and all of these things. And when I looked at it, I thought I make a bigger impact on people's lives when I meet with them in the gym and talk to them about nutrition and fitness and lifestyle than I ever could as a lawyer defending securities fraud litigation. Um, and uh, so, so that, those were really our goals. Um, you know, how we went about that though, we, you know, we were like anybody, our goal was in the first year, if we can get like a solid, actually, I think our, our six month goal was 50 members and our one year goal was a hundred members. And we were like, we can just do that. Like, we'll be able to keep the lights on and survive. And, um, and we were really blessed and, and we had an incredible team and we still have that team with us. These guys that started with me in uh, late 2008 are still working with us. and. Um, and by virtue of having a bunch of people that were just really committed to this mission and really passionate about it and really diligent about doing their research and, and learn, continuing their education um, outside of the gym, uh, you know, we, we did a lot better than that. And we exceeded those goals. And then, um, you know, we got to keep setting new goals, just, just like we, we ask our athletes, right? You, you set a goal, you look at this big obstacle, we help you find a way to get over it. And then we set a new goal and a bigger obstacle to get over. And, um, you know, that's kind of what we've done with what we done with our business. Um, and, you know, let me just, before I go on, I would say that's not for everybody either, right? There's a, you know, we don't all have to be multi-location businesses. Um, and, man, there's a sweet spot too. There's a spot where you can settle in and say, yeah, I've got, whatever it is, 300, 400 members in a 5,000 square foot gym. And I know all of them and I see them and I make this great impact on their life. And, um, and that's awesome too. And sometimes I hear from people that are just like, Oh, how do I open my second? How do I open my third? And sometimes I want to just be like, hold on, man. Like, cause the, the problems that you have, right. When you have eight employees and the problems that you have when you have 40 employees change and it's not, you know, we're not talking about scaling an overhead squat with a PVC. We're talking about you got whole new movements that you got to master as a business owner here um, in order to understand what it's like to run a larger staff and multiple locations and all those things. So, CJ, on the subject of professionalizing your coaching staff, mm -hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say that that is one of the better investments that an affiliate owner can make is in really solid staff. Now I'm sure for you, it wasn't a straight line from, you know, like your mom washing the towels to now you have 401k options for your coaches. Right. What, what were some of those uh, benchmarks along the way? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, when we opened up, our first goal was just to uh, get profitable, right? Just to, to make sure that we were seeing a profit at the end of each month. Um, you know, we were, like I said, we were blessed to do that pretty early on. And then it was ways to figure out how do you give back to coaches, right? And as soon as we were financially able to, one is setting a compensation program that makes sense for coaches to make a living. If, if a coach can't make a living, and let me just, sorry, let me back up. I mean, you said, you know, that people think that's the, it's an obvious investment. And yet when I talk to coaches at other gyms or we talk to gym owners, the way they're being compensated, the structure that they're on, that's not an investment that a ton of gym owners are making in their staff. Um, the vast majority that I still talk to are independent contractors and they have day jobs and they're coming in at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. And that's not a professional coach. Um, and I'm not saying those coaches can't be incredible, but they're not professionals at, at what they're doing. They still have obligations to their other jobs. Um, and hopefully they're doing a good job with their other jobs. I mean, we want people to excel in all aspects of their life. And, um, and so what I wanted to figure out is, one, number one, we've had employees since day one. It's not, you know, you're never going to meet the uh, IRS requirement of an independent contractor if you run a gym the typical way that, that CrossFit run gyms which is session times and we provide all the equipment and all of that and so um, from day one we had employees we never had independent contractors in Victus um, and which meant that we took care of the tax burdens and workers comp and all of those things um, and, and so that was step one and just making sure that we were established in the right way and then as we grew, we wanted to make sure, okay, a compensation package is such that these guys know that they will make a living. So another example is that if we ask them to work eight-hour uh, eight day, right, and in part of those eight hours, they have, they have uh, private coaching clients that no-show on them, we still have to pay them if they're there um, to, to work, right? And so they, they make a different rate maybe, but they do administrative administrative work and they're working and you know but we're asking them to be there on the clock and so that's important i hear a lot of gyms that are you know oh you get paid for your coaching hour but you have two hours of additional work that you have to do it's probably not fair to the employee long term right i i get the uh the appeal to it as a business owner but um uh, so we, we try to be fair with that stuff is like respect the coach's time, respect the fact that if we're asking them to work, we need to make sure that um, they're getting paid to work. And then uh, it was, you know, make sure that they can make a living wage so that they don't have to hold a day job or they don't have to bartend at night uh, um, and work all day at the gym. Um, and part of that was just really simple is that I wanted them to be excellent coaches. I wanted them to give everything they had to our members and if they're bartending until 2 in the morning and trying to roll in at 6 a.m. or whatever, we knew that they weren't going to be good coaches. Um, so I think that more than anything, it's just about setting that, that vision also for what we wanted and knowing that even though things were going to cost us a lot more money if we did it that way, um, that was those were our principles, those were our core values, and, and we were going to act on the basis of that. Um, so a lot of little steps along the way, as you said, but, um, you know, once we got to the point where we could, uh, we knew we could afford it, health benefits were the first thing that we wanted to add, right. Is that so many people, we, you know, we employ a lot of young people, um, and 
they don't, they're not always thinking about those things and they're, they're often feeling invincible. They're like, what do you mean, man? I'm an athlete. Like, uh, I work out all the time. I work in a gym. What could possibly happen to me? Um, and they were ignoring some of their health insurance requirements, uh, or at least, uh, you know, good practices. And so that was important for us to add first. So that was the first thing we added as soon as we could. So CJ, so, okay. So a lot of gym owners are listening and, um, how, how would they bridge that gap? Like, how would they bridge that gap? Like, that sounds great, but they're thinking, yeah, but I'm working another job. I can't even barely uh, make a profit from what I'm doing. How can alone, can I bring in other employees or coaches to do that? How would they bridge, take the first step to bridge that gap? Yeah. I mean, uh, so one, I'll just share my experience. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think people can do a lot of different things, but my experience was this. I was making, you know, over $200,000 a year as an attorney. Um, I, my original intention when I opened Invictus was that I would stay on half time as an attorney. Half time as an attorney is like 40 hour a week. And then I would just coach around it. Right. And, um, and that was my plan, honestly, right up until we were about to open. And I just realized that if I was going to do this well, and it was going to be meaningful, that I had to be all in. I couldn't be half in, half out. Um, and so I gave up a very secure profession, uh, one that I worked really hard to attain. And uh, But this was what I wanted to do, right? And there's a little bit of like, you know, obviously Invictus is our name. It's also how we want to live. It's like we're, we're going to be the master of our fate. Um, you're gonna, we're going to take things and they're not going to be comfortable. And it certainly wasn't comfortable at times. It still isn't comfortable at times. But this is the, the course that we're charting and we're going to go for it. And, uh, and I understood the consequences. I mean, I, I didn't jump into this blind by any means. Um, but I also knew that if it came down to sink or swim, uh, I'd either, I'd either make it or I'd fail, but either way it was going to be on my shoulders. Um, so, you know, it's tough if, if when people are in this position, it's hard as a mindset for me to see because um, we, I never opened as a hobby. Um, and I, I don't really know, and I probably don't give great advice to those people because I think my advice is always just figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. There's no right or wrong. But some people I've maybe sound like a really arrogant a-hole by saying this, but there are a lot of gym owners that probably should shut their gyms, right? That if it's not... If it's not rewarding, if they're not making any money and got a ton of liability uh, in running the gym, and if they're not sure they want to really run the gym, they want to keep their day job and just kind of dabble in it, like it's probably better to shut the gym and go, you know, coach some classes somewhere else and have a great time with it. Um, I I just see a lot of people really invested, um, but they're really invested in five different things in their life. They have a family, they have jobs, they have all these things going on. and I think it's hard for, for most people to make that work. Yeah, that, uh, of all the interviews we've done today, that's been the common theme is decide, just decide what you want to do and you do it. You know, you go full steam ahead. And I think that that's, yeah, there's a lot of action required of people in, in order to do that. And sometimes that action can be scary, uh, which, I mean, brings up this idea of mistakes. So I'm, I'm sure that, that you're, path to where you are today has not been 
without a ton of mistakes, regrets, things like that. Uh, so what are some of these top, top mistakes, CJ? Oh man. Uh, that's such a long list. Um, I would, yeah, let me start by saying, I think some people assumed, Oh, well, you were a lawyer that must've given you an advantage when you opened a gym. (laughs) I can tell you that gave me zero advantage at all. In fact, I think it worked against me because I largely, um, worked in a practice where I just kind of ran my own stuff. I didn't have to manage a lot of people. I did, you know, it was just like, I just took everything and ran with it. And, um, when you open a business and you have employees, suddenly you realize the importance of managing and training. Um, and I was a solo act, man. Like I, I, and I was like that in school and college. I was like, Oh, we got a group project. Cool. You suck and you suck. So I'll take it. Um, so, <laughs> like, um, and so, uh, I was really blessed when we opened, I had smarter coaches around me than I was, right? And so guys like Calvin Sun and Michelle View and Nick Hawks and then Nicole DeHart and Sage Berger, like these guys are, were so good at what they did um, that there wasn't a lot of managing and teaching. It was like, hey, you run with that. You're so good with nutrition. Like, can you write up this piece and right? and you do this? And so it was really this group effort and we all collaborated. And then as we've grown, you realize, oh, you got to have systems in place. Um, and so I would say my number one mistake was we didn't really catalog early on what made us successful. We just relied on, like, we had so many superstar, all-star players that we were like, dude, that's your section, own it, right? Do a great job with it. And then, you know, once you, multiple locations, I think is such a test for gym owners, right? Because you can't be everywhere, And I can't take those superstar, all-star players and put them everywhere. So we've got to bring people in and then teach them what we do and why we had been successful. And um, so my first mistake was probably not documenting any of that stuff, right? Like if I could go back even to have just kept a, a journal, a business journal on what we were doing well and mistakes we made um, in the first two years probably would have saved me I don't know how many hours, at least a half a year's worth of work later on. So I'm not, I'm definitely not saying, but I think you would agree that back in 2008, the industry was completely different. I think you could probably make a lot more mistakes. You had people like not saying that it was easy to grow your gym, but if they wanted CrossFit, they would search it out and they would find you a lot of times because it was so novel, whatever. Now the industry is changing, you know? So having those systems in place when you open your doors or having some assemblance or finding some type of this is how we're going to do things is so important because they've got so many options now, you know? So what would you say to that gym owner that's at that point where it's like, yeah, all that stuff is great, but you had the benefit of that back then. Like you were ahead of the curve, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to me. Like when I think about the environment of opening a gym now versus 2008, I mean, it, it is night and day, right? And so for guys that are just getting into it now, I think, and this, this would be true, I guess, whether I was talking about coaching or, you know, owning a gym, entrepreneurship in general, is figure out who it can mentor you, who already has made the mistakes and actually learn from them, right? Not call them once in a while, but if you can, like uproot, and go live and work with them for 12 months 
see, figure out what the downfalls are, right? And figure out how you can improve and then move on. But um, you know what you're saying now. You're going to get a lot of people that are going to be moving to. Yeah. Hey, that's okay, man. If we can, if we can help some people by uh, sharing the mistakes we've we've made and giving them a glimpse. Honestly, I I get contacted a lot. Uh, used to even more about people that wanted to change careers, right? Obviously, my career change was a pretty big leap from you know securities litigator to a gym owner, and um, that would be always the advice: is that I didn't just jump into CrossFit. I actually ran another gym for 18 months when the owners moved away and I did it and I did it for free. I, you know, I, I ran the website, I opened the gym, I closed the gym, you know, we had a little team of people that those, those original coaches that helped me. And, um, you know, so it wasn't like I was blind going in, but I think a lot of people think, Oh, I love working out. I love coaching. I'd love being a gym owner. No, no, there's a lot of other (laughs) additional responsibilities that come with that. And so to the extent possible, man, if you want to, if you're thinking about moving into that career or you're thinking about taking that on, try to spend some time with other gym owners, right? If you're already in it and you're just now figuring out like, oh, wow, I got into this and now it's a lot more complicated, create a network, create some friends that have been doing it, create, you know, some, some people that you can call and say, hey, here, here's what I'm, what I'm up against. But be honest, be candid and authentic about it and figure out also what you can do in return, right? The, the biggest uh, faux pas that I've seen in kind of business networks is one, people aren't honest about their numbers or their real issues, right? So they'll come in and they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, we're doing great. And then like you kind of peel the onion and you're like, dude, you're not doing well, <laughs> you know, like let's, let's actually tackle this if we're going to, if we're going to be having the conversation. Um, and then also, like I said, figure out, like if, um, if you're the new guy on the block, man, then you got to figure out how can you reach out to these friends and mentors and then also offer something in return. Like how, how can you, um, be a, a valued partner in a, in a business network? I mean, I think any of us are always looking for mentors and also looking to help people. But when you're helping people, you want to make sure it's reciprocated, it's appreciated, all of that stuff. And so um, I think those are probably just uh, good notes for anybody that's kind of in that position of like, oh, I, want to, I want to team up with people that, that have learned these lessons before me. Um, just take a second to think, like, what could I kind of offer back to them? And it's not monetary. Most of us aren't interested in that. It's figure out how can you share these exper- experiences you're having how can you help their community? Things like that. Awesome. <clears throat> CJ, uh, another best practice that has sort of emerged from these conversations is uh, diversifying the offerings that you have in your gym and the, and the programs that you have. I think this ties in, you know, as you were talking about uh, professional coaching staff, you mentioned this idea of private coaching. So uh, to, to what extent does Invictus just look like your standard you know, work out of the day, group class, you know, 12, 15 people in it. And then what is sort of going on around that group class that not only provides, you know, revenue, but also career opportunities and all the things that follow. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to, I'm probably going to tackle that a little bit different, right? Because there's two issues. So there's the professional coaching, which 
requires both education and all of those things. And there's the compensation side of it, which requires them to be generating revenue, not just standing in front of a group of members that have joined the gym because they've heard of the reputation. Um, and so, so our private coaching, but that, that isn't why we do private coaching. So we've done private coaching ever since day one. Um, the reason we do private coaching and we do it much differently than I think, honestly, I haven't seen anybody else that does this, but our, we do semi-private coaching and private coaching that is included in our group membership uh, plans. So our Invictus Standard membership, if somebody comes in and we say, hey, this is the Invictus Standard membership, is a group coaching membership with a one-time-a-week semi-private coaching. Um, and the reasons we do that are directed at the member, which is um, the member experience, if they're coming to a CrossFit gym, should be coaching right? We're not charging for space leasing, right? Like a 24-hour fitness, you're essentially buying a lease to gain some space that you can work out in. Um, so we want them to be coached. Well, in a, in a group coaching environment, there's only so much you can do, right? So a good example might be if, if we're squatting that day and my coach has 16 people in his group, right? And he sees somebody shift on their way up for a back squat, we're not going to be able to run a real full profile of assessments and correctives during that group session, right? But my coach can go to them and say, hey, I noticed a little bit of a shift. We can educate them on it and say, when's your next semi-private? Let's, let's check that out in greater detail, right? So the reason that we started adding that in is as we grew, what we saw is if we've got more than you know, a handful of people in your group sessions, and you should, um, then we need to figure out another time that we can actually spend, um, you know, really dialing in with that athlete, whether it's, uh, you know, corrective exercise, whether it's an assessment, or whether it's just a goal that they really want to work on. If they want to get muscle ups, you know, and muscle ups only come up once a, a month in our programming, right, we probably need to pull them aside and say, let's work on some muscle ups. So um, it creates an opportunity for the coaches, certainly on a professional level, to then look at athletes differently, right? Spend time, say, okay, I got to assess this athlete. I got to figure out what the problem is. I got to figure out how to correct it. I got to build progressions to make sure that they continue to get better. Um, and so it requires that of them. They also, of course, make more money when they're spending more time on the floor doing, you know, individual correctives and, and uh, individual training sessions. Um, so it's created a really nice... Uh, you know, synergy and in, in terms of it's a massive value add, I think, to our members. Um, but it also allows me to keep my compensation rates higher for my coaches so that they stay happy, they stay motivated. Um, one of the things we're really proud of is we just haven't had turnover. We just have had such a good group of coaches. And, and part of that is that we've created opportunity for them to make a, a, a decent living and, um, and to progress within the business. How does that membership model work on the ground? You know, so I'm a member. I get that sort of flagship membership package. Do I have that semi-private time set on a weekly basis? And I'm you can schedule it. Um, so they can schedule it however they want. Our coaches have you know private coaching availability throughout the day, um, and so often they'll either pick a coach that they really connect with, um, and they'll they'll uh, work with the coach's schedule or they'll figure out a time that they really like 
And then they'll meet with the coach at that time. And that coach will then kind of become their, um, their, you know, contact at the gym. Awesome. And how many other athletes would I be with in one of those sessions? So we never do, uh, we try to keep them under four. So it's normally two to three athletes at a time. Um, some of our really popular coaches will be like packed for every session. I mean, we've got a couple guys, Nunu Costa, who's been around, you know, he's, he's an outstanding coach. He's been coaching for nine or 10 years now. Uh, you know, Nunu's got a waiting list and, and Bryce Smith is one of our coaches. Like these guys are, these guys are packed so that they might have four guys in a session. But if you think about how we do that coaching, right, if, if we're working on something, say we're doing Olympic weightlifting, you know, it, one-on-one to me was always, okay, they do a snatch and then you sit and talk about the weather for, you know, 90 seconds or so, and then you're setting them up for the next. And so um, our coaches are just really good about structuring the session. Okay, it's like, all right, I want, you know, Matt, you're going to lift. Boom, okay, cool, play, you're up, right? And we're just kind of working through it like that. How many of the members actually take part of that semi-private they all get it, but how many actually do it? So they don't all get it. So I, I should I should clarify that. Um, that's our standard membership. We do have a, you know, not everybody can afford that. And it's not much more. It's $50 more than our standard, um, you know, our like unlimited group coaching or whatever. Okay. Um, but, uh, but we do have, not everybody, you know, we've got 24-year-old Navy kids or whatever, and they're like, oh, man, I'm just going to take whatever, like, however I can get in the door, right? And so some of them do group coaching. Um, I'll tell you this. We started it. Um, we really started making it. It's always been an option since 2000, late 2009. Um, it's always been an option. We started changing the sales approach of it where that was what they were told when they walked in the door. Uh, only when we opened our gym, uh, our Serena Valley gym in October. Um, and here we have 52% of our members are on a semi-private package. Awesome. Uh, CJ, uh, where I, I kind of wrap up this discussion, I think that in talking with you, you, you saw what you wanted on day one. And you knew that we're going to open with employees. We're going to open with, you know, semi-private. We're going to open with towel service. You, you saw all of these things and uh, kudos to you. I don't think many people back then had that vision as to what this CrossFit model would become now, nearly 10 years later at this point. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of business owners maybe need to, take a moment and sort of rewind to a place where they, you know, are, are kind of ready to professionalize their operations. So I, I would, I would imagine that most of the people watching this right now are in that place in their business. So CJ, what would you say to those people that said, Hey, maybe on day one, I didn't have either the money or the vision to open ahead of the curve, but I do kind of need to go back and re-professionalize my operation. Where are the first places that, that we would need to look? I think one of the best um, exercises I've done with, for myself and then with my staff is map the client experience, right? And um, I, I'm a big believer. I, I mean, I do think the priorities in my business have to be employees, number one, clients, number two. Um, but skip the employees for this and map the client experience and figure out like, if I were going to go into my own business, what would it look like? What would the ideal look like? And map that out. 
Um, because that was how we started was just figuring out like what would make this the best place in the world if you were a, a client of ours. Right. And, um, and we do that fairly regularly. If we don't do it annually, we do it every you know 18 months still where we go back and say, what's the client experience? What is the first thing that they see when they walk through the door? Who's talking to them? Um, and that will open your eyes on a lot of things. I mean, I, I, not to get us too far afield, but, um, you know, normally the last person that somebody hires is the, you know, somebody at the front desk. And I'd probably argue that that's maybe your first hire. That if, if you like coaching, and I loved coaching, I was out on the floor. Um, if you're coaching and prospective members walk in and you're like, uh, yeah, man, we'll get back to you. Um, it's not a, it's not a great, uh, model. So take it from the aspect of if you, you know, if you were getting off your couch and said, gosh, darn it, this is the time that I got to get myself in shape. And you walked into your gym, what would that look like? And what should it look like? And then start building your systems backwards because you probably will hire differently you'll pay differently, you'll create an entire structure, your sales process will be different, your marketing will probably be different. Um, so figure out what you want first. I see. I think a lot of people jump in, they're so excited, they want, they're going to take action, and they forget to bring the map to tell them where to take action and where they're going. That's good. 100%. That's a great place to leave it, CJ. So at this point, uh, the people that are watching us will have an opportunity for a – brief Q&A, any questions you guys have for CJ, uh, we can ask that now. But uh, CJ, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, really appreciate your your perspective, your uh, your humility, and just, you know, just you giving back your time is is hugely beneficial for all of us. So we appreciate you, man. Oh, honored to be on, and uh, hopefully we can help some people uh, avoid the mistakes I made early. <laughs> Love it. You're a great example for a lot of jams, so keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And, and a big thank you to CJ for just his his candid response, his, his humility, just all around. CJ is an awesome guy. So uh, very thankful to have him for the show. So you want to watch a Q&A with, uh, with CJ? You can find that in the Hub. Those of you that are members of the Hub, absolutely head over there. I'd recommend you check out that Q&A with cj martin if you're not a member of the hub 321goproject.com slash hub and check that out if you want to learn more if you want to see more of these interviews uh, the video version of these interviews if you want to watch the q a if you want to take a course on marketing if you want to take a course on creating systems in your business if you want to download business templates uh, if you're struggling to come up with these systems and processes that CJ was talking about, we've got templates for all of them. Uh, so, also as a reminder, we have our affiliate gathering in Charleston, South Carolina coming up. Those of you that are members of the Hub, you have access to that. There's a link in the show notes. And a big thank you to InBody USA, our partner for today's show. They are offering a to pay your first monthly payment on a 24-month installment plan and they are extending a second year warranty on your in-body machine uh, for free so check that out email john ross in the show notes if you have any questions about how to use the machine or how other gym owners have used it feel free to reach out to me and i'll connect you i'll answer any of your questions you may have i'd be happy to do so 
as we're wrapping up this show, guys, please, please, please uh, head over to, to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I would really appreciate if you just threw five stars uh, in the review section right there. Let me know what you think. I uh, greatly appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for leaving a review. And we'll see you next week.